And now, Canada Hoops, hosted by Maddie Ireland. All right, everybody, welcome back to episode five of Canada Hoops. It's your boy, Matty. We got a great show coming up. I'm really excited about this one. My guy, Scott Witter, joins me. Scott's a fellow passionate fan and supporter of Canada basketball and our Canadian Hoopers. I want to say thanks to everyone for the continued support and for listening to Canada Hoops. We really appreciate it. Much love to you all. All right, everyone, welcome back to Canada Hoops. Joining me now is Scott Witter. Scott's a fellow passionate fan and supporter of Canada basketball. Great on Canada basketball news and information. Tweeting about the golden age of Canadian basketball. No politics on his Twitter, just straight hoops. Scott, how you doing today, man? Good, Maddie. I'm doing awesome. Hey, I just wanted to kind of kick things off and thank you for 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 having me on. I you know I really appreciate it. So think you're doing um great work here i love i love the first couple podcasts i, I, I listened to the, the carl english one and the leo routon leo routon's one and um apparently you just did one for Dwayne notice I'm, I'm looking forward to that one and anyone out there who's who's listening to me that hasn't listened to those ones you know go back and listen to them it's great stuff appreciate it well i appreciate that and uh i'm excited you came on man it was uh kind of a long time coming i know we've talked a lot on twitter back and forth replying on different things that matter to uh, Canada basketball. So uh, it's great to have a fellow passionate fan, longtime supporter on where we can just go back and forth and just talk about what matters right now, man. Um, I always like to ask everybody, Scott, when we get going, just, you know, with the pandemic and the climate of the world, how you doing, how your family doing, everyone's staying safe and staying healthy right now. Yeah, pretty good. It's, you know, I don't know if, Anyone knows out there, but I'm down in I'm down in the states. I'm in in kind of the Los Los Angeles area, um, little town called uh, Redondo Beach. And uh, you know, I know I know Canadians all always have an interesting view of what's going on in the United States. And you know, who, who knows if it's accurate or not? But things things are kind of kind of just you know fairly normal down here right now. In the in the sense that things haven't really changed since the pandemic started. We haven't been uh, in an area where things have kind of tightened up and, and released, and things have gotten back to normal. It's always been kind of this um kind of overhanging tightness where you know restaurants have remained closed and schools have have, have remained out so it's right. it's kind of almost a, a new normal since since march but um family's healthy everyone i know is healthy you know knock on wood i don't know anyone who's who's gotten sick i've you know, I've, I, I've heard of some neighbors getting covid and kind of beaten up by it but uh um, you know, being okay and, and haven't really, uh, heard or, or known anyone who's gotten, you know, hospitalized or, or even worse, uh, from it yet. So hopefully that keeps up. No, that's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear you guys are all safe and doing your, the best you can to stay healthy there. Scott, um, let's, uh, get into your passion, man, and how it really started for Canada basketball and what really led you to you know, you've become a presence on uh, Twitter just with your knowledge and passion for the game, and you, you've you've gotten a good following, and yeah, you're very legit in my eyes and very relevant, and people um, love what you have to say, and you've got a great following from the Canadian basketball community on there. Uh, let's let's 
hear about your passion and how that that started for you, man. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny. It's I, I never never thought I would I, I would I would be here right now and 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 be be this this deep in it. It's kind of it's kind of you know you have to you made me look at it a little bit and think about it a little bit, but. You know, I'll, I'll give you kind of a bit of my background. I'm, I grew up in in Vancouver, a suburb of Vancouver called called Surrey. I think that you know some at least people on the west coast are, are quite familiar with it. And um, you know, went to uh, University of British Columbia in the in the in the '90s, and um, was always always loved basketball. Always a fan. Um, you know, I played a little bit of it in in high school and and whatnot but i was not a not a star basketball player actually you know played played volleyball played volleyball at uh, ubc for for a few years in the 90s you know in 90s and 80s you know wasn't following it that closely you know certainly aware of kind of you know what bill weddington was doing and mike schmreck was hanging out there with the lakers and things like that you know uh, rick fox kind of comes into the picture but i kind of think it you know, we saw we saw what Stevie was doing at Santa Clara in '96. He was drafted, but you know, even he was looked like he was struggling a little bit for for his first couple of years. And yeah. I think you know, going back where it really really hit my radar of um, and kind of you know knocked up the antennas was the um, '99 FIBA Americas, and and that was one where Canada, you know, there was a, there was a dream team there. There were the United States dream team, um, you know, Duncan, I think the Vince Carter and Gary Payton, that, that kind of the iteration that was in the 2000 Sydney Olympics was there and Canada beat everybody, but them. um, they, they knocked off Argentina when, in, you know, they had, you know, Ginobili and Scola at, at kind of the younger, younger ages. Um, they, they, they beat Puerto Rico back when Puerto Rico was, was, was really good. And and qualified for the Olympics, so I was kind of like, "Whoa, you know what what's going on here? These guys probably need to be paid attention to." And then then we roll into the the 2000 Sydney Olympics, and and they were awesome. You know, I think the the end results. I think they were seventh in the end. That that doesn't you know paint the picture or, or what they did. They beat Yugoslavia, which was you know it's it's this was this was the number two team for for the last twenty or thirty years. So they beat Russia. Right. Um, you know, probably at, you know, the top three, top four team for the last 20, 20, 30 years. Um, you know, they were amazing. They had, they had that, um, you know, they had, they, they ended up losing to, to France in the quarterfinals, which was kind of disappointing. But, you know, I remember that team clearly with Stevie and Todd McCullough and Rowan Barrett and, you know, Sherman Hamilton, Sean Swords that, you know, it was kind of great, great team to watch. So you know that was about the right, that was about the time I, I moved down to the states too. So I, ca- I came down to California for um, for schooling, and you know we also were kind of moving in. I think I think we made the uh, 2002 World Cup with um, yeah. I think Barrett was uh, uh, still kind of leading that team. I think we're third. Stevie wasn't playing. I think we got a, kind of a 13th there and then it just kind of i think we've talked about it a little bit before these were kind of the dark days right yeah, kind of the, sure. the 2000 2000 aughts where where there wasn't much going on um you know I don't, the 2004 olympics we missed out on the 2008 olympics we missed out on 2006 world championships we missed out on i think 2008 was kind of the end of leo's reign and had you know that mini revolt with sam dallenbear in the in the qualifiers for the 2008 olympics so not 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 great stuff going on during those years to kind of really really get too excited about 
Um, yeah, I think the, we snuck into the 2010, uh, world championships that, that FIBA Americas. Um, I, I do remember watching that. And then I think the 2010 world championships, I think we came dead last. We lost every single game losing to, um, you know, as far as like, I think we got, you know, lit up by New Zealand and, and lost. I don't I can't remember if it was Lebanon or, or, or Jordan or something like that. Um, I think Carl English was hurt. There might've been a few other injuries or something like that, but it was, um, you know, kind of a lot of young guys. Um, but that was, that's kind of where I felt like there was this transition period, um, around 2000, 2009, 2010. Um, you know, that's about the same time where I was probably in the United States for, for, uh, about a decade at this point. And it's kind of a weird thing living in a different country, being that expat every year, you just kind of lose a little bit more touch, a little bit more touch, uh, with the, with the homeland. And you're kind of looking around hockey's a little bit weird down here. Cause you have to, yeah. you have to, you have to look for hockey where you grew up in Canada. Hockey's in your face all the time. It's on every sports radio. It's like all well, the Vancouver province had like 12 pages on hockey and then maybe one page on basketball or something like that. Right. So you, you come down here and if, unless you're searching out hockey, you're, you're not seeing it as much. So that kind of, you know, flows out of you a little bit. So I'm looking around a little bit, trying to, trying to figure out what's going on. This was about a time, I think it was about 2008 or 2009. This kid, you probably, I don't even know if you, you probably do know who he is, but remember Bull Kong? Absolutely. Came out of Vancouver. Yeah. And and there's all this hype coming out of out of him, and it, you know there's this there's talk about my friends back in in Vancouver. He was going to be the next big thing and stuff like that. And he ends up in, in Gonzaga and start right. looking at him, and um, I think he showed up like 2008 or 2009. He kind of he belly flopped there. He wasn't wasn't ready for it. Didn't work out. But start looking at Gonzaga and there's Robert Sacre kids there and, and yep. this Kelly, Kelly Lennon kid shows up. Um, yeah. and, and you start looking at Gonzaga a little bit closer. It's, what's with all these Canadians there? Uh, Manny Arup was there. So yeah. all of a sudden 2009, I think you had like four Canadians there and I was like, what is this all about? So it kind of started getting into this little bit of this Gonzaga kick. Um, you know, a couple of years later, Kevin Pangos uh, shows up there. I think it was 2011 as well. Yeah. But right around the same time, um, 2010, if you might recall, I think it was the the under 17 um, World Championships, and um, I, was, I was kind of following that. I don't think I was watching anything. I don't know if it was being broadcasted, but certainly kind of following box scores and stuff like that. And it was uh, it, oh, Canada just started mowing through everybody and ended up with a, a bronze medal there. And I'm like, who who are these kids? And it was. Like Kevin Pangos, Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins was, you know, like 14 or 15 or something like that. Um, you know, Deshaun Pierre was was there. Dwayne Notice was on that team. You might have right. talked to him about, about it. Right. Um, Olivia Han Han Hanlon was there. And so that kind of got interesting. At the same time, I started hearing about, you know, these club teams, these AAU teams that were coming out of uh, Toronto. Um, and obviously it was CIA Bounce. And and obviously the hype train was kind of growing with, with Andrew Wiggins. You're starting to see kind of his videos on YouTube. And he's number one player at his class at like 14 or 15. So you just start... You know, your ears kind of start 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 tweaking, hearing hearing stuff here and there over and over again. So it's kind of funny. I wanted to see the CIA, CIA bounce team, and if listeners who who, who aren't as familiar with it, um, this is part of the AAU circuit. It was it was the Nike EYBL circuit, which was kind of the right. big one at the time. 
Um, lo and behold, they had a, a stop in um, this uh, Carson, which is which is maybe twenty minutes from from where I am here. So okay. I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna check these guys out and 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 see what's going on. I hear hear kind of Anthony Bennett's on this team and Andrew Wiggins is on this team, and I want to see these guys go go play. So I kind of rolled down there and um, kind of walk in, and it's a madhouse, right? Like this this AAU stuff, it's it's crazy. There's all these. Yeah, you know, the, the scouts and coaches and all these hanger-ons and kids everywhere, and and this is the big this is the big deal. Um, yeah, I, I walk in, you know, pay my whatever it was, ten bucks to get in and and walk right in, and in this kind of tunnel, I see this monster of a human being, right, just like gigantic, um, um, you know, over seven feet tall, like wide. Um, I'm like, what the? What is going on here? This guy's got to be in the NBA or something like that roll around look at look see him in the front he's got a cia balance on his chest and I'm like, what's going on here and uh it turns out lo and behold simbular right oh, wow. Just seven foot four you know 300 something pounds yeah and i'm like this guy's 17 like wh- what is going on here next to him is this like chiseled linebacker guy with like shoulders almost as wide as he is tall um and another cia bounce on his chest it's anthony bennett i'm like oh my god like these guys are these guys are these are these are kids and right so you know i watched them and and that team was was just it was stacked it had um you know bennett and bular and andrew wiggins again jean pierre was on that team nas long uh webster chan uh stefan jankovic yeah. Um, there's this other kid, Richard Peters. I don't know if you remember him, but he was just this giant of a, of, of a man as well. And, uh, I think he ended up kind of going Juco and might've might played at Albany or, or something like that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, Kevin Zabo was on that team and they were just mowing through people. It was just, it was just awesome to watch. Right. And, and all of a sudden you got these, um, you know, like, like these guys are from Canada. This is crazy. And right. I think, I think like, you know, I was, Nerlens Noel was there and George Niang and Julius Randall and you know like I said every every NBA coach and scout and college coach and, and things like that so that, that was pretty cool to watch at the same time so it's you know 2011 same time you have kind of Tristan Thompson Corey Joseph at Texas they both got drafted you know first round in, in 2011 um you know you had uh the year after the cia bounce team was was awesome again had andrew wiggins and xavier wraith and mains and and tyler ennis and tanvir bular was there um you know at the same time you had kind of you know chris joseph and andrew nicholson doing their thing they they ended up getting drafted in in 2012 andy routens was hanging out in syracuse and got drafted in 2010 you know i think i think andy's the one who kind of kicked off from that point on you, you had a Canadian drafted every single year. Um, we might keep the streak going this year, but every, every year since 2010, there was a Canadian drafted in, into the NBA. Right. So that was it. You know, the pipeline w- was, was full. I'm, I'm kind of hooked. I'm, I'm hooked into, into Gonzaga and, and following them closely, being kind of, you know, watching them whenever, whenever they, they show up um, in, in, in March madness, you know, checking out games, going up to San Jose and down to San Diego and, Nice. Um, they've been a blast to follow. Um, 
and you know, I got my got my got my crew, got my buddies down here, and and you know, we we're always kind of joke about the whole Canada United States thing, ripping on each other, busting on each other, and and now you got you got something serious, right? I'm like, guys, like we're 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 here. They, you know, these these Canadian kids are really good. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of it. Down the rabbit hole, hole we go, and and so really the last decade i think i've kind of really really dug in and and you know really really following these guys um and, and it's kind of led me down a couple paths right following the guys in europe a, a lot closer um you know i'm really kind of interested in seeing these, these young guys what's going on in the nca which guys kind of develop which guys don't right. um you know kind of giving the dues to the to the guys and coming out of europe and who i think are kind of the backbone of of uh the national team and and following what they're going so that kind of gets us uh, to where we are today. So the Twitter thing was just kind of a thing I was doing on my own. And I'm, I'm glad it's kind of a, a caught on and there's a little bit of a following. And I try to kind of keep it tight and on point and, you know, just stuff that I find interesting and don't kind of try to riff, you know, too long and too off topic and try not to get into social commentary or politics. Cause we all get enough of that in our lives and yeah. nobody, needs, nobody needs to hear that stuff from me, but um, there we are. Well, I mean, that's a great story, Scott, and that's a great uh, journey, if you will, through the game as a supporter. And uh, you brought up some great points, and I, you know, I just want to share with you some of that too. And that, you know, that 2000 Sydney team for me was um, really the start for me too. And I had an opportunity to see them play an exhibition game just before they left for Sydney in Vancouver at UBC, and I was playing in a, a tournament in Vancouver. I think it was Nike Nationals. And, uh, you know, we get to go to the game on a Saturday night. They're playing some Div 2 team. And, you know, you're 18 and you walk into that that pit of a gym in, in UBC. And it's just like, I was, um, you know, I was hooked, right? And to get to see guys playing for Canada at that age. And um, they were coming over to talk to all of us kids, I guess you will, um, hanging out. And that was just a cool cool moment to kind of be right up next to Steve Nash and Todd McCullough and, you know, Rowan Barrett, Michael Meeks, uh, that team was special. And then they go to Sydney and they just, they were the talk of the tournament. Um, and I was in college, I was starting my first year and, uh, we'd have practice and then, you know, we go back to your, your dorm and your res, and then you're trying to catch the games early in the morning. And it was just a special time. And, so I kind of like to tell everyone it's been a, a really 20-year passion for me. And and uh, like you said, we've seen some dark years um, and some tough moments where guys haven't committed and really bought into play for various reasons. And uh, now it's just 2020 and the pipeline and the amount of talent is so exciting. And, you know, you touched on the kids making their way through the youth levels and playing in these big tournaments with uh, – AAU squads and man, they just put everyone on notice. Like, hey, Canada's here, and then beyond their uh, club teams and that, they start playing NCAA and dominating. And first round picks, first overall picks. I mean, I agree. It's 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 an exciting time, and um, you know, I can't wait to see what happens next summer. And uh, it's always good to see what you have to say on your Twitter. I'm dying to know on your Twitter. You got Rob Sacre as your background in his Japan uni, is he like kind of one of your guys you really like and enjoy? And obviously you talked about Gonzaga is that kind of your top school. You always um, 
I know you said you watched them, but yeah, are you are, are you a, officially a Zags fan? Yeah, I got one college basketball jersey. My wife uh, hates me wearing basketball jerseys, so I've got a I've got a double zero Gonzaga jersey, and I've got a I've got my old retro Vancouver Grizzlies jersey. That's about all I'm allowed to to break out. But no, he's he's just a good guy. He's like a, he's a great personality. You ever hear him talk? Yeah. You ever hear him on podcasts? He's funny. He's engaging. Yeah. Um, I am here in LA, so um, you know he he's he spent four or five years with the Lakers. And, uh, you know, he got, he got ragged on a lot cause he was, they, these were dark, those were dark Laker years and, yeah. and he was kind of, um, so I'd always just kind of, you know, tell all my friends, he's my favorite player and, love, uh, we, we, we'd go it. watch games and I'd be, I'd be yelling and hollering when, when he'd get in and, um, he'd all have all, all sorts of memes rolling around the internet of him, him cheering and dancing and things like that. So I just, I just think everything's about, about him is hilarious. I think he's a fun guy. He's, he can laugh at himself. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever seen it, but there's just awesome video, um, rolling around the internet of, of him in a, in a Japanese, uh, all-star game dunk contest. Yeah. And if, if, <laughs> if yeah. anybody hasn't seen it, go, go look it up. It's just, yeah, you got to get that on YouTube, everyone. Cause that's a, that's a funny moment. And if you hear him talk about that on, on different podcasts, um, he was just recently on Jim Rats and joints there. That's a, a pod I really enjoy with Danny Routens and Javon Shepard and, yeah, and Dan Gladman, I like to shout them out. They had Rob on uh, two episodes ago, and that conversation was ridiculous, man. And I was I was howling right off the first minute. So yeah, yeah, no, he's that's a good great. dude. He's, he's a good, big personality. That that that's why. And then he's and then there's the Vancouver connection, right? He's out of uh, yeah, out of Hansworth, North Vancouver. So I got I got I got I got to rep those guys when I can. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. Hey, uh, let's get into. Let's go with the NBA. The NBA announced a start date for this season. Uh, so that's, that's really current for us. And it, it matters for Canada basketball uh, for a couple of reasons. So they, they're saying they're going to start December 22nd. And I think that's good to know that start date's in place just for the idea that we run around the next spring and the season can finishes. Now Canada basketball has an idea of who would potentially be available to play in Victoria for the qualifying tournament in June and then hopefully be on to Tokyo. What, um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Let's say the season wraps up. I know there's been projections and talk about who potentially would be available based on their NBA team not making the playoffs. Um, Let's, let's hash out some names and and look at a potential roster for that tournament um, and see what we could really put out on the floor in Victoria. Okay. Yeah. So, so we're looking at a, a late June start date to, um, the Victoria, the Victoria qualifier. I think it was the, I think it was the 20, June 29th. So Correct. end of the month, start of June. Yeah. Um, the, we don't have a schedule for the NBA yet, but it looks like, um, I've seen projections out there that they, they were talking about a May 15th end of the regular season, they were thinking of having a play-in for the teams that are seventh, um, eighth, ninth, and tenth. Um, I think, and that was supposed to end around May twenty-second, May twenty-third. So, if that holds, you have the regular season. You have about a month plus um, uh, with the regular season ending before the qualifier starts. Um, that should give plenty of time, obviously, to guys to heal up a little bit, um, come to camp, get some training in. Um, you know, we, there's so many unknowns right now, just with COVID. 
the ability to travel, you know, hopefully with, with vaccines in the spring, things, things loosen up a little bit, but let's just assume that that isn't as, you know, as much a problem as it, as it is right now. Um, for those that don't know, I think uh, Canada might be on, on its path to forfeiting the FIBA America uh, qualifiers that are, that are in about two weeks from now, Correct. just because we can't put a team together and get through the traveling and all that sort of stuff. So it, it's a real issue right now. Um, right. and Canada's Canada basketball is just kind of throwing up its hands and I don't know if we get to postpone those games or they're going to be forfeits. If they are forfeits, you know, we, we run into a real uh, possibility that we, we, we miss out on the FIBA Americans. Um, there's, there's a dispute or debate of whether that matters or not, but some people say that that could really matter. Right. Um, but anyways, I digress and we could hit back on that topic if we need to, but back to the NBA regular season next year. We should have we should have NBA guys available. Um, you know, this is where it comes in that we have twenty two NBA guys in in, in the NBA. Um, so there's some depth there. We don't know who. Um, you know, things always come up as well. Uh, injuries, uh, fatigue. Um, right. You know, there's, there's guys who just aren't going to be able to play even if they're available. Right. But you kind of have to look. I'm I'm one who kind of looks at history as being you know a, a guidance to the future. You kind of have to look at the guys who have played a lot in the past um, as being interested and passionate and and invested. Um, we have to look at kind of what's going to go on in, 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 in the NBA regular season for, for next year. And we can kind of make some guesses and projections. Um, and even beyond that, I think the teams that get knocked out in the first round, um, they're going to have plenty of time. Uh, any, any, any Canadian players there that get knocked out in the first round are, are going to be able to potentially join even in the second round. And who's to say, if you remember the 2016 qualifier in Manila, um, Tristan Thompson joined, um, like, I think like a couple of days before the qualifier started right off the back of, of winning a, a NBA championship with Cleveland. Right. So, um, there's always the opportunities for guys to come in late. I think you'd reserve that for, you know, your, your, your top most important guys like, you know, uh, Jamal Murray or Tristan Thompson or something like that guys, guys who, who, who can make a real difference, but let's just look at the playoffs next year. I think, yeah, I think you look at guys who are seem committed to the team for, for whatever, um, you know, they've played in the past or obviously our RJ Barrett and, and, and his dad, I think, I think the Knicks are the ones who you can kind of guess is probably the most likely team to miss the playoffs next year. Who knows? So. Yeah. It's the East. You know, they're yeah. talking about, trades of chris paul and and russell westbrook to new york and so who knows what happens um and that's it's even hard to project at this point again you have injuries and and trades we have we have we have free agency coming up in the draft so you don't know what these teams are going to look like um coming into fall but if we kind of just looked at things right now you might have rj barrett the can't i can't see the kings the sacramento kings making the making the playoffs in the west i'd be surprised um and that's you know Corey joseph is 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 committed he, he plays over and over again he's he's kind of our new captain canada Absolutely. um and i think a, a big important piece if if he could show up um some other teams i don't know you know sacramento or uh, san antonio spurs uh trey lyles but he hasn't yeah. really been so involved in in the last couple of years so who knows there um, he's, he's going to be a free agent coming up, I think as well. Um, so, you know, the, I think, I think there's some team options there. So who, who knows with him? I love the Memphis Grizzlies, but the West is, is too strong. And, right. and I'd be surprised if, um, if the Grizz make the playoffs. So, you know, Dylan Brooks, you know, is kind of 
committed. He hasn't played a lot, but he he shows up to summer camps and he was kind of, he seemed like he was injured um, the 2019 summer and wasn't able to join the, the, the world world cup team. Right. People talk about Brandon Clark. I love Brandon Clark. He's one of my favorite players born in Vancouver, Gonzaga guy. Um, but he has never played with the national team. He hasn't played internationally. He hasn't played a minute of FIBA for all I know. Um, so who knows what you have there? At least, you know, maybe you have Dylan Brooks, uh, you know, kind of whispering in his, in his ear. And, and if he shows up, that's great. Right. Um, I always worry a little bit about guys like that just cause they, they haven't, FIBA is a very different game, um, different rules, different gameplay. We can get into that later. Um, but so you always kind of wonder how effective he'd be, but he's, I just, I just love him. He's just, I think it'd be a huge add to the team. For sure. Um, Nikhil Alexander Walker, you know, Pelicans, who knows? They're talking about trades out there as well. You know, Drew Holiday might be on the move. Who knows if, who knows kind of what comes back, but that would be a team I, I kind of think is a little bit on the edge. Yeah. Um, he hasn't really played much uh, recently. He's obviously played a lot in the youth uh, system. So, so he's yeah. kind of tied, tied in through there. Um, some maybes, I don't know, Kem Birch, um, Orlando always kind of seems on the edge or <laughs> they're going to go out in the first round. Who knows? Um, well, he's a guy Kem- who's always committed he's yeah he is. he's interested he, yeah. he tweets about it all the time yeah. he kind of talks about it that that's a guy who wants to play for canada so uh unfortunately he's a free agent next year so um that could be an issue um actually it is going to be an issue uh unless he gets extended or traded um there is talk about um some people kind of stepping up to kind of cover supplemental insurance for for some of these guys um kind of rumors of, of drake and some unnamed uh tech millionaire billionaire that's canadian that are, that are willing to kind of help fund some of these things right. so so you never know um okay okay see thunder you know shay yeah. and 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 lou dort yeah. um you know against the west uh what happens with chris paul if he's gone and they don't get you know the star player back they're probably out of the playoffs so yeah there, there's a good crew of guys right there um you know there's free agency we don't know what's going on tristan thompson chris boucher are are um are um chris boucher sorry i have a friend named chris boucher so i always <laughs> mess up that name all good <laughs> and uh you know he's, they're free agents now so you don't know where they're gonna end up um you almost hope that 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 Tristan signs back with Cleveland, so so he might be available. Right. Um, and then where I don't know where you go from there, right? Like the guys who probably aren't gonna be available, Kelly Lennox gonna be tough. You know, he's he's the heat are good. They're gonna go far, probably. Um he's also Kelly probably Lennox. yeah, oh, I love Kelly. I think he's one of our best FIBA players. He's just he's so yeah. perfectly fit for the FIBA game. Um, he's always on kind of my top three list for Canadians when it comes to FIBA. Um, but you know, I think he sounded a little down after that injury last year and it kind of screwed him up to the start of the season with the heat. Um, and he was, there was, you know, he was quoted in articles about, you know, whether he's going to play in the future and things like that, but maybe last, last chance for the Olympics. Um, but if he's a free agent, you know, I I don't know, he he is on a a player option, but I'm 99% sure he opts in this year. Um, and that'll make him kind of a free agent next summer. Um, even Corey Joseph, he, you know, you don't know what happens with Sacramento. I think he only has 2.5 million guaranteed. Um, so he could always be let loose there and, and that could cause kind of, a uh, some trouble. You have all these other unknowns, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on with like Naz Long and Mariel Shyock and Kyle Alexander and O'Shea Brissett. You know, I don't know if those guys 
you know, I don't know how much they matter in the big scheme of things. If you, if you compare them to some of the European players, um, and we can talk about that a little bit. I think some of these top European players are, are probably more valuable to the national team than um, some of these lower end NBA players for a variety of reasons. Um, but other, you know, Jamal Murray, probably not unless he shows up late. Andrew Wiggins, you think Golden State would be going far into the playoffs. Um, you know, same with Michael Mulder, who knows if he sticks around with the, with the Warriors, um, you know, Dwight Powell with his injury and they probably go deep in the playoffs. So those are all kind of my, I don't know, probably not, but you never know. Right. So, you know, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it kind of comes down to it is uh, people should not be expecting, oh, we're going to have 12 NBA players out there again. And I don't even, I don't even think that's the best path for, for Team right. Canada basketball, right? I, I think you're going to see, again, the core team from, from probably the World Cup, um, uh, you know, five, six, eight of, of the non-NBA players supplemented by, you know, four, five, six NBA players, um, depending on who's available. That's probably the right path in in terms of um, creating some consistency to kind of culture and and knowing the game and the game schemes and and, and things like that. Um, you just can't you just can't throw like twelve NBA guys together and and expect high results. I think we we saw that with Team USA again. I think we knew this before that this last World Cup, um, and it just kind of hammered home when you can kind of. Um, you know, throw together Kemba Walker and and Jason Tatum and and Jalen Brown and and Miles Turner and watch them go belly up in in the World Cup, right? right. Um, they didn't look good anywhere at, at any time, and that could be the same thing with our NBA players if you just kind of jam them together. FIBA is a very different game, different rules, um, different game style. So I think kind of blending in guys that know the FIBA game, the, 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 the backbone of the players in, in, in Europe and, and just kind of supplementing them with the, just the, the, the raw talent and, and skill level of, of some of these NBA players is, is probably one of the better, you know, probably the best path for Canada. No, I feel like, um, you know, the European guys and the top guys, you know, Pangos, Wiltshire, Edgem, Dylan Ellis, I think they're going to be, sorry, Dylan Ellis, Ennis. I think they will be, key guys and i think you know you're gonna see a few of those guys make that team like you said just maybe due to a numbers thing but also because their game translates so well and you know you mentioned some of the you know bench guys throughout the nba like you know shea brissette i feel like you know come camp time before the tournament victoria i think it suits canada basketball well to just have everybody there they can bring in the that's willing to be there and then just have everyone training, competing with each other and then saying, okay, what's our best roster to win this tournament. And then it just gets guys more involved again and hopefully interested and committed. And, uh, you know, it's going to be, I mean, we're talking about a situation where Canada basketball is going to probably cut an NBA player off this roster just based on chemistry and, you know, the ability to maybe play the FIBA game where other guys are going to step in. And that's just, that's a luxury now that is, it's just, it's mind blowing to think that, you know, we might do that or, or we'll do it. And, uh, and, and then the coaching staff too, like the Nick nurse situation could be tough too. Maybe the Raptors uh, make some moves for their roster this year that puts them a little deeper into the playoffs. So I know that's a concern uh, of mine. Cause I just, I actually just finished his book and, you know, he talks about, 
his, his way of thinking and, and offense and kind of freewheeling and how he likes to put different schemes out there. And he was implementing that with the national team last summer. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to see him back and have that stability, but maybe he's not available too. So that's, you know, that, that's an issue as well. So, yeah. I mean, Victoria is going to be interesting. And then, yeah, like you said, man, I mean, the climate of the pandemic, like I pray that things are a little better out throughout the world that we can gather in Victoria and, and see what Canada can do and have our lineup out there to qualify. Uh, I think this is, you know, we've talked about missing the Olympics and going from some tough situations, you know, struggling even in the World Cup last year. And that's that's an important tournament, but now we're going to the Olympics. I we it's a must qualify. Like I just I just would be really disappointed if we don't qualify. I feel like the time is now. Um we really gotta elevate the the program to this basketball power that it is, right? Yeah, the talent, the talent's there. The, the, yeah. <laughs> there's no doubt about that. But we just kind of keep running into roadblocks, and and I get it in, in, in a lot of ways. Like a lot of people like to rip on Andrew Wiggins for not showing up. I think I think there's there's some criticism that's valid there, but you know, th- we're talking you know, hundred million dollars that this is kind right. of generational wealth and, and these guys got to take care of themselves and work on their game and their body and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I don't want to, you don't want to say these guys owe us nothing, but you know, they, there, there's obviously the Canadian pride and, and these guys kind of grew up in the system and they got a lot out of Canada basketball and, and the roots and the structure, but they, they got to sacrifice a lot to play. Um, Absolutely. 2000, 2019, suck there was a lot of you know we we're all upset you know we, we we thought we'd be cutting nba players last summer right. um and that didn't happen and everyone was kind of up in arms but a lot of it you know leo was very vocal that just like guys this this schedule is just awful right yeah. it's it was like a six-week commitment and you're traveling all around the world and these guys got pro contracts a lot of these european guys don't have guaranteed contracts right, right. They're, they're they're basically free agents showing up Right. And and kind of what they're putting in and 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 what they're what they're giving up is is just I think it goes unrecognized in in, in a lot of ways. So a lot of people bellyache about guys not showing up. You know, sometimes I've 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 kind of I used to do that, and and you know I just the more you get into it, you see you see that these guys should be you know more celebrated for 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 showing up, and and I think um, you know one one thing I try to do on 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 Twitter is really kind of call out and and try to draw attention to, to a lot of these um, European-based players and Asian-based right. players. Right. Because I think they get underappreciated. Uh, uh, I think they're underrated. I think a lot of these guys are... One thing that I've always thought is, is you know, these top European players can play in the NBA. Absolutely. And for wh- whatever reason, they don't. Um, they, they, they Kevin Pangos probably makes more money in, in Europe than he would in the NBA. He can play in the NBA as a as a as a you know third string um, point guard easily. Right. Melvin Edgem could probably make a NBA roster, but at what a you know a minimum salary and you know these these guys are often you know they want that key role um, and and we want it as 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 Canadian basketball fans because I truly believe you know a guy like Kevin Pangos, Melvin Edgem, or or Kyle Wilcher, or you know Phil and Tommy Scrub can be more valuable to the Canadian team because they they're key guys for their teams. They're in pressure situations, they're veterans, they're taking last second shots, they're involved in 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 you know last second key defensive stops where you're not seeing that from, you know, these these two-way NBA players or or 15th man M- NBA players. Um and 
you know, I, I think they're, they're extremely important to, to the Canadian national team and, and kind of, you know, following what they're doing and, and who's excelling. We've got a lot of guys there that are doing really well. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people don't notice, um, Sean uh, Pierre's in the, in the EuroLeague this year, um, after kind of three amazing seasons, um, in, in the Italian league and, and the FIBA champions league with Sassari, he gets the call to, to, to Fenerbahce and, and, you know, he, he it's, it's just amazing to watch. Um, I think he's, he's got some, um, still some, some growing pains there, but he's playing amazing defense. You know, the offense hasn't come around yet, but he, he's a guy that, hugely valuable if he if we can kind of bring him back into the national team obviously we saw kind of pangos leading the 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 world cup team and, and he's having another great great season right. um uh he's with he's with zenit this year um you know both the scrub brothers are, are still playing great tyler ennis and kyle wilcher are both on turk telecom to, together playing playing amazing yeah um yeah. Then, and just kind of, kind of, I thought, you know, when, when we weren't too sure about the NBA, I thought that was going to be our, our qualifier team. And I didn't feel too bad about it because, because there are, you know, a good, good dozen, 15 players playing in, in at a very high level in, in Europe who are, who are, are very good players and, and probably equivalent to kind of our, our very, very kind of low end, um, um, NBA players. So, right. um, yeah, no, it's exciting time just to kind of watch these guys and follow them. And a lot of them just kind of move up year after year after year. And a lot of guys, nobody knows about, no, you know, nobody really talks about, um, you know, Kenny Cherry or, you know, I don't think D- Dylan Ennis gets enough, uh, uh, a love, but right. th- those guys are, those guys are playing at a, at a super high level in, in Europe. Um, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize how, you know, good car Morgan's playing, right. He's just kind of some guy who shows up on the national team. It's like, who's this? Yeah. But you know, look what that guy did for the world cup team. He, yeah. he was in, he was in Spain with Joventut uh, practicing and gets the call because everyone's just dropping like flies for the, for the, in the training camp. Uh, right. I think he got the call when Kelly Atlantic went down. Yeah, he did. Gets on, a, gets on a plane, flies right to, right to China to, right. to play for Canada, play pretty good too. And he's getting better and better every year. So it's, 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 it's just cool to see. And, and I think you got to respect and appreciate um, what those guys bring to the table. And we've heard it from them before, right? We've, we've heard guys um, even on the world cup team, how like Pangos and Edgem were just almost coaches on the floor, um, helping some of the NBA players kind of acclimate to, to, to the different, different rules and, and gameplay and, and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, there was a, there was an interview um, with Phil Scrub yesterday that I read, and he was just kind of talking about that. That the, he doesn't know who's going to be on the national team for the qualifier. He doesn't know if he's going to be on the team, but he he thinks one of the most important things is just kind of keeping consistent um, culture and, and chemistry, and um, you know, at least at least folding uh, new guys in with guys who have have, have been there before. So I, I do think this Victoria team is going to see a good chunk of, of, of these European guys we've seen, um, in, in the past, uh, play for, play for Canada. They're, they're going to be there as well. Yeah. I mean, um, and I think that's good. And I just want to go back to a little bit about guys, you know, not being available at times for injuries and contract reasons. And, you know, like you said, a hundred million dollar contract on the table for a guy like Wiggins and others. And I talked to, uh, Carl English a little bit about that on the first episode and talk to others about it through messaging as well is, you know, I don't want to misconstrue, you know, my thoughts on it. Yeah. I want to have everyone available, but I'm also very realistic and, 
I realize there's different reasons that guys can't play and, you know, who am I to say that a guy can't sit out to get that next contract, take care of his family. So, you know, I mean, that's the reality. And, and I think most people understand that. And yeah, you know, we all, you know, you and me and others, we all want the best guys to be able to play, but there's, there's lots involved and, you know, but that's, that speaks to our, our depth now and oh. having that, that balance of a potential lineup, you know. Um, I'm curious to know, you know, I spoke with Dwayne Notice yesterday, and that episode will come out here today or tomorrow. Um, you know, and we're talking about the depth and the talent and how vital it's been. You know, when, do you notice a really total buy-in from a lot of guys? Like, you know, there's guys that, you know, might play in Victoria, for example. And qualify and help the team qualify, and then maybe they're not going to be part of the roster come the Olympics. But you know, what do you see across the board from a lot of guys, just in terms of their their total buy-in and their commitment? Knowing like, and you go back to last summer too, and for the World Cup team, where there was guys that you know helped qualify for that tournament throughout the windows, knowing hey, that's okay. I'm putting the program ahead of me, putting Canada ahead of me, and knowing that they're not going to be a part of that team and that's sort of a different outlook now in terms of, you know, maybe 10 years ago where there would be issues with that, where you kind of maybe knew your, your roster for certain tournaments. And now we're in a situation where guys are going to help that program qualify and move ahead and hit the next steps for each important tournament, even though, you know, they may not be a part of that roster. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on that, Scott? Yeah, I think it's, 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 it's an issue. And that's why, I always kind of just, I kind of chuckle when I see everyone put out their, their dream team Canada rosters that that's like 12 NBA guys deep. And, and I, I don't, I don't know if we're ever going to see that to be honest. Right. right. Cause like I said, these, all these other guys are doing the heavy lifting. Um, and, and they, they know stuff. There's, there's kind of institutional knowledge and in, in a guy like Phil Scrub or Tommy Scrub that, that the other guys, the other guys need. Right. Um, so you might, our best team and our coaches are going to know this, right. And, and, you know, Nick nurse and he's he, Nick nurse has gone on record before saying that any team's going to have, um, you know, two, three, four of, of these European based guys. Cause, cause they're needed. Right. Um, so, you know, I think that's hanging out there. I think, I think when you're talking like a guy like Dwayne notice, he's awesome. Cause he's just, he, you can just, he's just bleeding, you know, maple syrup. He, he just wants to pull that yeah. Jersey on. Right. And, yeah. and, and will, will at any time. And I think there's a lot of guys that are like that. Right. And you can tell they're just, they're just stoked to, to be playing for Canada. Right. right. Um, and, and I think that's in the guys that are playing at the highest level in Europe. Um, yeah, I think that matters. I think, um, the international game FIBA is a lot more important in Europe. So I think that kind of bleeds into these guys. Yeah. Um, people don't talk about it in the NBA. Right. And I don't think these NBA guys are, you know, maybe they, they care about the Olympics, but they're not, they're not kind of, uh, geeked up and, and questing to go play for, for in the world cup where I think in Europe they are, they, they, they love the kind of the, the Euro basket and, and, you know, these, these qualifiers and, you know, people are pretty, pretty focused on that. So I think that bleeds into some of these European guys and I can speak as an expat, you know, sometimes if you're, I can see these guys kind of sitting in Spain for three, four years and they're just like, Hey man, I, I need to, I need to kind of stick to my roots and, and this is the way I do it is through the national team and get a chance to go home. Um, a lot of people kind of moaned about how, um, the world cup qualification was. Um, but I think that's very important for these guys to be able to play at home. 
right? And and they were they were that draws these guys in is you know it might be tough and and traveling from from Italy to to you know the Toronto area in, in kind of the middle of winter. Right. But they want to do it. I think they, you'd see them interviewed and, and they would talk about that, that it's really important for them to have a chance for the first time. When have they ever played in, in front of a Canadian uh, audience before? Um, it, it's been a while. So the, the World Cup qualifiers really gave them uh, that opportunity. And I guess these FIBA America qualifiers are trying to do that as well. But um, I think that kind of draws all these guys in. But there is an issue. You just don't want to have some of these um, NBA players just kind of show up and, and, and here we go. And I don't think that's going to work. I think that messes with chemistry and, and culture and, and things like that. But the good thing is, is you see a lot of times, you know, we, see, we, we don't see, you know, Jamal Murray or Dylan Brooks or, or Shea like on the roster of the 2019 world cup team, but they were there. They're, they're at camp. Right. They're hanging around. Right. Um, you know, there was pictures all over the internet of like Jamal Murray in a walking cast and things like that, but he's they're They're involved in kind of practice and doing walkthroughs and, and they're yeah. there. Um, so there, there is a whole crew of guys that are like that every year. You know, they might not be playing every year, but you know, they're around, you know, Dwight, Dwight Powell's another one. Um, obviously Kemberge played, but you know, Kelly, all, all these guys, Tristan Thompson, I think he hangs out. Right. Um, a lot of these young guys are, they're just kind of, they're there and they're hanging around and, and, and they want to be involved. Can't say that for all the guys. Um, but, but I think the good chunk of the NBA players. So I don't, you know, that helps with the chemistry. So if, if all of a sudden, you know, Dylan Brooks comes in and, and Phil Scrubs off the team, you know, hopefully he doesn't feel bad about it. Right. Or, or cause he, you know, Dylan's around and it's, it's his turn. It's his turn to step up type of thing. I, I don't know, right. but it's hanging well, out there. It's an issue. I think those guys understand that too. And yeah. um, I'm sure they all talk about that aspect with each other. And, you know, the guys that might come in late, appreciate the heavy work that the guys are doing earlier and, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they don't let it go unnoticed. Um, man, we've talked about a lot of players over the last 20 years. You know, who are some of your favorite players that have just suited up throughout the years that, you know, uh, don't get maybe enough recognition and always willing to put Canada on their chest? Um, you know, who, who who have you always just appreciated so much representing Canada? Man, that's um, that's good. There's been so many, and and uh, you know, it's been it's been yeah. I don't know. right now. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Corey Joseph gets enough respect, man. Like he's just Agreed. he's not ta- he's not talked about a lot. I think maybe it's because he's a veteran and and he is who he is, and people get excited over these young guys and what they be- can be become and seeing seeing like Jamal Murray kind of blossom and things like that. But right. um, Corey Joseph is just he's a good player and he's good at FIBA. Um, so he's yeah. always been kind of one of our better players on, on any FIBA rosters we, we've put out there. Um, and, and I always, I always kind of shake my head when people put their, you know, their list together and he's, he's not on it and stuff like that. But um, you know, I, I think, I think Kelly Atlantic doesn't, doesn't get enough uh, respect. I think, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's, you know, uh, just things in his past of like Kevin Love hang over his head. There's some sort oh. of cloud that people don't like or something like that. But the Americans so, yeah, the Americans don't. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he gets enough respect from the Canadians too, but he's good. 
and and pe- people don't realize like how good he is in in FIBA because it, it's just he's a, he's a perfect forward for FIBA, right? Like people talk about like uh, like Jokic being being kind of a perfect center. Well, Kelly, Kelly's kind of Jokic light to a degree, right? right? Being able to shoot from outside, being able to pass, being kind of a, a threat either to 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 drive, pass, shoot. It, it just opens up the game. So FIBA's FIBA ball is it, it's a very kind of different kind of closed rougher game right? right um the the court the dimensions of the court are different it's a shorter court there's a shorter three-point line um you know zone defenses are allowed there's no defensive um three-second rule right. so there's less room there's a packed paint um it's a rougher game they allow moving screens elbows are flying all over the place right. wider key um they're tighter on traveling it's a shorter game um, you know, only five fouls, less timeouts, you know, all this stuff. Defensive. So it, you need different players. Different players are going to excel. I always thought kind of like guys like Andrew Wiggins, I, I don't know how great they're going to be at, at, at FIBA where a guy like Kelly just opens things up. So, so, yeah. so dramatically, um, and, and really just allows other guys to kind of succeed. Um, so people always got to realize that and realize why, why I keep harping on these European players of, of how important they are because, because they, they know that game, they see that game, they, they, they live and breathe it. Right. Um, good, I think a good example, and I don't want to open up old wounds. This is like, this is probably just taking a scar and ripping it open, but like, let's go back to 2015 in our oh, semifinal loss to Venezuela. Right. what did they do? We had, we had all these thoroughbreds that were running, running um, all these uh, South American teams out of the gym. Right. We were putting up 20, 30 points on, on teams. I think, you know, we lost that first game to Argentina and then just mowed through everybody. I don't think we, we won a game by less than 20 points. Right. We roll into Venezuela and coach, um, Nestor Garcia. He's a brilliant coach, by the way. He was the animated, uh, Venezuelan coach that was running or what a great, what a great game plan. What, what do you do to these, to these young thoroughbreds? Right. Um, I know there were some other issues. Some guys were sick. Some guys apparently had food poisoning, but they just locked us down, right? They just they just kind of roughed it up. Um, they they literally were grabbing our players on breaks, right, and just taking that taking that foul, giving up the the free throw rather than kind of give up a a, a dunk and a and a run and, and the momentum. Right. And they kind of clutched and grabbed and kept it tight. They ran the clock down, jacked up threes late late in the thing, and um, you know and, and basically beat us up. Um, and we were susceptible to that, right? bunch of young guys who haven't played FIBA much before didn't know what to do didn't know how to react um all that sort of stuff and, and it happens but that that's a that's kind of a classic example of how how FIBA can be like just so so different than than say the NBA but yeah no it's uh, oh yeah so we were talking sorry like yeah guys that I think are uh, you know under underappreciated I, I you know I don't know there's there's like I said Ko- Kojo and, and Alenic and then I, then I went off on, on this tangent I think I think Ken Birch and his his passion for the program is is a little bit little bit underappreciated. Over the years, obviously Carl English. Carl English got us through the the dark years. I think he was kind of the one the one the one bright spot there. Um, you know, even Ron Barrett for his kind of contributions um, year after year after year. I don't, I don't think people remember that or, or appreciate that as as much. Um, you know, uh, Jermaine Anderson in the, in the dark years, he would show up over and over and over again. He was always there. He got us into the, the, that, uh, what was it the 2010 world cup? Right. Yeah. Um, so there, there's, there's a lot of guys out there, but those are, no, those are a few of them. 
Yeah, those are great names. And I mean, like, you think back to those guys that are always underrated, don't get enough love. And, um, you know, Leo talked about Jermaine a lot on his episode. And, yeah, Rock, uh, he was underrated. And, you know, you have to give those guys love and give them their props for pushing the program along and, yeah. you know, um, keep grinding at it. Guys like Carl. Yeah. Phil and uh, Tommy Scrub. Uh, you know, I, I can't say enough about the them. Scrub brothers, uh, Levon Kendall, you're, you're a Vanity yeah. yeah. guy. That guy played. Jesse Young. Jesse, yeah, Jesse Young. Young played for, for years. Um, even recently, like, people don't see it, but uh, like guy like Kazakin, you know, he's just, he's just, he's there all the time and he's getting better and better. And he just, he's one of those guys in Europe who just keeps moving up, going to a better club, a better league every single year. He's, he just kind of keeps moving up. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like every other dumb fan out there. When you, when you see him early on, I was like, Oh, who is this guy? He's like CSS, CIS guy. He's kind of, nah, come on. We can't be throwing guys like him out there. Right. And then after watching him for a couple of years, I'm like, Oh man, like I'm, I'm glad he's out there. I'm glad we got this guy. He's good. Yeah, he's so he's it's it's fun kind of seeing seeing guys like that just kind of get better and better uh, year after year. Awesome. All right, uh, I'm curious, man. I ask everybody. I'm looking for a top five of all time for Canada basketball, and it can be a five that just because you got you like these guys or based on skill, but. Who's your Who's Scott Witter's top five for Canada basketball? Ah man, like are we talking like best players, national team, or just ever, or, or favorite? I don't know. This, this, this is always a tough one. It's your. Let's five. just go with the national team. Let's just go with the national team. It's your five, whatever you want. Man. Yeah, and I'll be I'll be kind of biased to to my era to a degree, but perfect. Um, and I think th- there's, you know. We, we don't have that, uh, I think, consensus out there. So this is always kind of a fun question. The, the one consent, everyone's going to put Steve Nash on there. I, I don't think he can. I right. People would be nuts. If, if, I, I'd like to meet somebody who wouldn't put, put Steve Nash on their top five. But He's, he's been on everybody's uh, five so far. So Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put Kojo out there. I'm going to put Corey Joseph out there just because just he's just Love it. shown up over and over again. And I think he's underrated. I think he's a good leader. He's, he's a fantastic defender, kind of chips in. He's a, you know, led the team on offense a number of, number of occasions as well. Um, I got, I got to give Carl English his, his props for, for giving me light during the dark years. And and he was always fun to, fun to watch and, you know, fun to follow in, in, in Europe. And he's probably the guy who kind of got me interested in what was going on in the European leagues and, and, and whatnot. Cool. Um, um, got to put Kelly Alenic in there. Um, just love his game so much. And, and always kind of watching him at, at, at Gonzaga. He was, he's just been a, been a blast over the last couple of years. And then I'm, I'm going to put, um, uh, Tristan Thompson, who I, I, I know he's polarizing and, and the whole Kardashian thing makes people upset, but, um, he's just a warrior and he's one of our few kind of, uh, NBA champions. And he's, he's shown up for Canada a lot. You know, I yeah. wish it was more, yeah. Um, but I, but I know he has these other commitments. So that's, that, that I think is my five. Well, Scott, that's a great five, man. I, I'm down with that five. Those are all guys that have repped the program hard and have had success at the other levels as well. So I, I love that five. Uh, listen, man, uh, it's been a great conversation. Anything you want to add, you know, any shout outs, anybody you want to recognize? No, man, I appreciate it. Anybody, you know, if anybody wants to, wants me to kind of dig into other topics out there just shoot me shoot me a message but um yeah i'm i'm always open to ideas and and uh 
Yeah. I, again, I wanted to thank you for having me on. I re- really appreciate it and, and love what you're doing here. So it'll be uh, interesting to kind of hear how this turns out. And um, just, just to think I'm, I'm in there after, uh, after, after some Canadian greats and, and Carl English and, and Leo and, and, and Dwayne notice. So uh, I don't deserve to be in that company. So I, I appreciate this. No, man, I was glad you came on. And uh, like I said, yeah, it's, you know, it's exciting to, for myself to, launch the podcast and spread that love for Canada basketball and just connect with anyone and everyone, you know, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been great to have some real legends on thus far. And I'm grateful for that, but it's important to have, you know, passionate fans and supporters like yourself, you know, you and I are the same and I've always appreciated your knowledge and your insight on Twitter. Um, Everyone you can follow Scott at Witter W I T T E R sr on twitter uh great information insight on canadian basketball and uh would love to have you back scott you'll always uh you'll always be a friend of canada hoops man i appreciate it and hopefully we can share a beer in victoria um you know god willing with everything <laughs> next let's, next june let's do it man that's that's a date all right all right man thank you scott take Maddie, care. appreciate it you too all right. take care man All right, that's a wrap on another episode of Canada Hoops. Much love to Scott Witter for coming on the show. I want to thank you all for listening. You can find Canada Hoops Podcast at Canada Hoops Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Keep talking hoops, everyone. Until next time, I'm your boy, Maddie. Thank you for listening to Canada Hoops.